KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Well, another day, another dramatic statistic. Existing home sales dropped 8.5% in March from February. It's another area where things have been turned completely upside down by the COVID-19 pandemic. So we wanted to look at real estate in this moment. And for this, we took a two-pronged approach, kind of the 30,000-foot overview, and then a conversation with someone living with changes in real estate every day. Up first, let's get that broad view as we check in with David. Wilk. He is an assistant professor of finance and director of the real estate program at Temple University's Fox School of Business. We talk home sales, we talk commercial real estate. Give a listen. First question, sales of existing homes drop eight and a half percent in March. I, I don't think we should be surprised anymore at these, you know, in any aspect of life, uh, numbers like this as far as stuff falling off a cliff because it's an unprecedented situation uh but when you see that number is it about what you thought is it worse uh what what did that news say to you if you said eight percent reduction i would say that that isn't as bad as it might have been even though it's not good we've been we are through and going through an unprecedented shock and time in our economy and in people's lives and if anything when this type of uncertainty and shock permeates people's psyches it usually leads to hesitation and less decision making when it comes to big ticket items like purchasing a home and things like that so i don't think that's a horrible number and uh, although it's not great but i think April's numbers will probably be even more telling. And that was my next question. Do you expect this to get worse? Knowing that none of us have a crystal ball, I can't imagine that anyone in the residential real estate business is happy to be trying to do business under these type of conditions in April. So if it's not worse than March, which hopefully it's not because I'm an optimist. Um, But then the reason that would probably be the case, Matt, is that there's a pent up demand for people to buy homes and take advantage of the low mortgage rates that are out there. And so that pent up demand is overcoming the larger picture COVID uh, crisis. Do you think, because we we spoke to a realtor and she talked about how this has changed everything. Obviously, you can't do open houses, stuff like that. It's virtual. Do you think this has a chance to, to change real estate forever in certain aspects because people learn things they can do virtually, maybe changes approaches? Yes, I do. And I think it's all part of an ongoing evolution that perhaps got accelerated by the enormity of what we're all dealing with in terms of being at stay at home and, and, uh, and different states have different rules and regulations. For example, I live in Delaware and in Delaware, you can still show houses in person, whereas in Pennsylvania, you can't. 
So that's a huge difference. And I'm not sure what the ultimate outcomes of that are. But I think that relying a lot more on virtual uh, touring and virtual selection, where you could sit at home and look at what at making selections on what you might like to go see or sit in a, in a real estate agent's office and go through uh, virtually what you'd like to go see and then whittle down the list to those that you actually go and physically look at. I think that was already in process before this happened. It may accelerate it even more. But I think also for real estate agents, it's it may not be all bad because if you think about their, their most precious commodity, Matt, is their time. And if you can use technology to filter the number of properties that a prospective buyer would be interested in looking at and thereby saving yourself time, then in theory, you become more efficient and you would be able to leverage that additional time that you gain from that working with another client or doing something else that would help to generate revenues for you. Mentioned the the low interest rates. Obviously, that was one of the first things the the Fed did. If this drags on and and things get worse, are there other tools from a a federal level that can be done to 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 help move the real estate industry along, or is there really not much past interest rates? I think that we're in an unprecedented time for interest rates being at their lowest level in my lifetime and probably anyone's lifetime uh, because I can remember in 1966 my parents bought a house and that their interest rate back then was five five and a quarter percent now we have mortgage interest rates that are below three so I think that it's a tremendous time for people who are interested and want to buy to take advantage of those low rates and I think that the federal government has done quite a bit to at least keep rates low during this crisis time. Also, the, the federal government through the FHA has always been pretty creative in putting together mortgage programs that allow as many people as can possibly afford or qualify to get mortgage financing as well. One of the biggest programs that's out there is what they call their... Um, their low down first time home buyers program where you can actually buy a home and only put down three and a half percent down payment and still get a mortgage from uh, that's FHA insured. And I think that that is a tremendous catalyst and incentive for young people to be able to buy a home when we all know that if an average median home price is $200,000 and you need and an average traditional mortgage is 80% loan to value, how many people are really going to have $40,000 of available cash when you're just starting out to put down on a home plus all your closing costs? So I think the federal programs are really outstanding in terms of facilitating home ownership. And I think the low mortgage rates are an opportune time for people to really lock in to the home of their dreams and to really be able to take advantage of, of the benefits of home ownership as well. I wanted to ask you about commercial real estate, because something that's been banging around in my head with this whole situation that we're in, 
I've said this a million times, it feels like for every string you pull, four other strings emerge. And once you pull them, it, there are so many ripple effects. With everybody mm-hmm. working from home, I'm imagining that there's a certain percentage of employers and employees that are going to realize it's more beneficial to work from home. That's going to mean that workspaces don't need to be nearly as big. Uh, what is this going to do to commercial real estate, you think? Because I think there's going to be a lot of people you know, that are going to have half-empty office buildings, even once things get back to quote-unquote normal. Uh, could this turn this on? Turn the commercial real estate on its head? That's a great question. I think the I'll start out by saying commercial real estate has a lot of segments to it. So, you know, think of real estate as being segmentized and localized, meaning that you mentioned the office market. There's also the retail market and there's the multifamily market. There's the industrial market. There's the um, self-storage market. So all, all of those uh, uh, hospitality, all of those market segments all are going to be impacted differently because their supply and demand factors are all kind of triggered by different factors in the economy and in business. So if you think about there, and by the way, there are so many for people that are interested, there are so many guides and publications that have been put out recently over the last few weeks by all the major real estate, commercial real estate companies about what should you expect in those different market segments based on the COVID-19 situation. So there's more information and, and insights than ever about the impact on each one of the segments. But if you really look at it from an office standpoint, what we've done is we've learned that technology and workplace happiness and overall employee productivity are uh, can really be continually improved by understanding how to create the ideal mix of, of all of that, right? So if someone's been home working and has been as efficient and productive and much happier because they're not spending two or three hours um, commuting back and forth to their office and companies feel like they can continue to capitalize on that happiness and that efficiency and that productivity, as well as, and think about this on the other end, as well as companies being able to save money on not needing to pay as much rent for office space as they may be used to, then you could probably expect many companies to go through what you would call an optimization study and an occupancy study to try and figure out where's the ideal balance between that, between the stay at home, the efficiency, the productivity, happiness levels, and corporate expenditures. So is it gonna be cataclysmic for the office sector? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but I would say that the one thing you can probably count on is that most companies that are even paying attention to this, they're going to at least look at it and they're going to say, what if, and, and maybe run different scenarios on that. So that, so the office market would probably be something where you could, as you correctly said, you could create some real questions and answers on what's that going to look like in the future. But if you think about the retail sector, that's the one retail, including restaurants, that's the one that seems to me to have the greatest danger and peril. Because the longer this crisis plays out, 
and businesses are small businesses are not allowed to open that's going to create an almost impossible scenario for many of those businesses to reopen again thereby creating some major vacancies in retail uh, and kind of lifestyle restaurants and and hotels the same way if there's still not a complete release of going back to work and life as we know it the hotel sector could also be very much impacted because people aren't going to stay in hotels until they feel like there's no chance of getting sick by doing that. So those are kind of the negative segments. The positive segments are um, industrial. The industrial market seems to be stronger and stronger because of e-commerce. So there's a lot of publications out there that are saying that they're bullish about the future of industrial space, whereas they're not bullish on retail. And then on the, um, on the multifamily side, what's been really interesting is the, upper, the middle and upper middle income apartments are not really experiencing the level of missed rent payments and delinquent rent payments that you would find on the lower end of the market. And that's, that's a really potential pitfall in multifamily is that if people are losing their jobs and they're not able to pay their rent, then that could ultimately manifest itself in the multifamily market as well. Now let's talk with a realtor who has really had to change a lot of things on the fly. Her name is Kelly Hudson. Sure, I'm a, a realtor that operates outside of uh, Philadelphia, um, Delaware County, Chester County, Montgomery County. I'm a relocation specialist, so I love moving people in and out of the Philadelphia area. We talk with Kelly about the changes she has had to deal with, what she is seeing as far as demand, and how she and everyone who sells houses for a living is adjusting. So how has your day-to-day work life been turned on its head since this all started? Well, you can't really show anyone a house, so you definitely have to hope for great photography, uh, communication between agents, uh, understanding of the buyers and the sellers. Um, basically, my philosophy has been you can find a spouse on, you know, a spouse online, you can find a house online. So we've kind of integrated that, and my company's been been really great about um, jumping on things as far as virtual open houses, and uh, you know, trying to encourage us to get video content onto the MLS, and you know, tons of of training to do that, which has been really beneficial. When I say that, you know, existing home sales fell, I think it was eight and a half percent. Like, do you, does that feel right from day-to-day operations to you? Yes, I do. I feel like right now we would be, um, you know, we would be very busy and, you know, it was a seller's market and suddenly now I feel like the buyers have, they feel like they can come in and get a deal because they feel like the sellers are desperate. So um, there's suddenly that where, you know, it should be the, the sellers should be getting close to their asking price and possibly, you know, a bidding war going on. And that's not happening. Are you getting any 
and I don't mean this in a flippant way, but are the requests from people changing, the things people are looking for changing? Are you getting any odd, like people are looking for A, B, and C that isn't normally what uh, you're hearing from clients? I would think the biggest uh, biggest thing now that people are looking for are uh, definitely an opportunity to have somewhere to work from home where, you know, that, that a couple of months ago was always a nice thing to have, but they definitely want to be able to have a home office and, you know, be able to, if they have to, in a pinch, have that, have that opportunity where it wasn't something that was a must have, you know, a month ago. Since this all started in early to mid-March, have you been able right. to go start to finish with any clients? Have you able to been, been able to move through the complete process at all? Yes. I had two that were pending, and things got incredibly different, but everyone jumped into motion as far as, uh, you know, a notary now is somebody that's in high demand because the sellers could, cannot physically attend a settlement. Um, they do not want... They don't want a lot of human contact. So the title clerk and notaries have become incredibly busy and um, everyone gets the job done and we sort of sit at home and wait to hear that things have happened. There's a little bit more paperwork involved and overnight shipping to, you know, get the, the checks dispersed and all that. But um we always feared this was how our industry was going to go. We just didn't think it would go overnight. You know, we, we thought that one day we would be doing things virtually, but um, the actual, you know, start to finish with your clients is, is ending on a weirder way. Um, but it it is working and everyone's working really hard to adapt. And I think that's been great. Um, I do have two that are pending right now. Uh, I have the sell, the seller, uh, the seller side, and uh, thankfully, one, the clients that are purchasing it saw it before the shutdown, um, and the other, they are seeing it virtually. Um, so that's a little weird. And you mentioned thought that this was the virtual direction was where the business was was going to go. Do you think the business has been changed? permanently? Do you think your job has been changed permanently as a result of this? It might. It might. I think that, um, you know, I think it's going to stay safe or in this direction until we know everything we're up and and running and safe and healthy, but things might, uh, might be a little bit more distant than, than they ever were before, because I'd like to say that we were in an industry that, you know, we were very much part of people's lives, not just, you know, getting them from A to B, but from start to finish, there was always a handshake involved. And now it's kind of a stay safe, best wishes to you by an email or, you know, a Skype call. And we're in an emergency where everybody's just trying to get by, but has this change the potential for the business to be like this does this change how you look at your career because it could be so different you know every day you sort of wonder what tomorrow is going to hold and just be thankful that you have an opportunity at the moment to work 
and you have an industry behind you willing to catch you as we're all sort of falling. Um, I think that with, with a strong company or, you know, the peers in your industry that we will all adapt. It might not be the same, but change will bring new opportunities. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. Thank you.